0: The University of California, Riverside presents Blue, Gold and Black, the podcast that's dedicated to amplifying black voices at UCR. I'm Dominique Bill from UCR's Community Engagement and Outreach Unit. In each episode, we'll be talking to UCR students, campus leaders and community partners to explore the intersection of being black and being a Highlander at UCR. And I can't wait for you to meet today's guest. Let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Blue, Gold, and Black podcast, where we're amplifying black voices at UCR. My name is Dominique Beale. I am your host. Today, we have a special guest coming to us from the School of Engineering, Mr. Desmond Harvey. He's one of our academic advisors at the School of Engineering. He's going to be talking to us a little bit about his background um, and some of the things that influenced him throughout his life to pursue higher education specifically helping our students, particularly our black students within STEM, within engineering, persevere um, and find success. Mr. Harvey, how are you doing today, sir? I'm um, all right. Good afternoon. How are you doing, Dominique? I've been doing okay. been doing okay. Super happy to have you here. Um, but yeah, if you can really quickly, just to kind of get planted here at UCR, can you just kind of expand a little bit on exactly what it is you do and how you service the, school, uh, the students at the School of Engineering?
1: Absolutely. So I am an advisor in the Marlin and Rosemary Barnes College of Engineering. I'm an academic advisor working with uh, chemical and environmental engineering students in the college. Got a, a little over uh, 350 students that I work with uh, regularly uh, within the chemical and environmental engineering department. But I'm also uh, a student org advisor to the local chapter of the National Society of Black Engineers. So I've been advising that student organization now for about uh, two years.
0: Nice, nice. Very cool. And can you, we'll get into it a little bit, but uh, just give us a quick snapshot of what the um, NSBE is. Just a quick snapshot.
1: Uh, NSBE is the National Society of Black Engineers. It's one of the largest student organizations in the country. We have a a growing chapter at uh, UCR. Uh, The mission of the organization uh, deals with academic excellence, uh, professional development, uh, training them to become uh, contributors uh, in the the engineering workforce. So uh, they've been doing a lot lately.
0: Okay, dope. Real dope. We'll make I'll make sure we touch on that a little bit more later. Let me see if I got Um, the
1: mission right while I'm thinking about it. So the mission of the organization is to increase the number of black engineers who excel academically, succeed professionally and positively impact the community. I still got it.
0: <laughs> there we go. All off the top <laughs> of the dome. I respect it. I had to see if I um, remember. Yes, yeah. uh, yeah, sir. All right, for sure. Um, tell, us, tell us a little bit about um, where you grew up.
1: Uh, I grew up in uh, Alabama, but I was only there six months. So I'm an mm. Army brat. So both okay. of my parents uh, retired Army. So they gave me the opportunity uh, to, move all, to move all around the country. Mm. Uh, and even graduate uh, high school in Germany. Wow. In American high school over there. Yeah. So I've been doing that Uh, every two to three years. uh, We moved to a different uh, location. Uh, So it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah. And so talk to us a little bit um, about that experience. That's pretty unique. Uh, Was it complicated for you as a child? Was it hard for you to like, keep friends like did you go through any struggles or was it a really positive experience i imagine you got to meet a ton of different types of people so i'm sure that could have been really nurturing Mm -hmm. as well
1: for the most part it was fun i remember uh being able to brag about people that i knew uh, in different states uh, on Mm. the east coast and and, in the west coast and outside of detroit Uh, i remember being aggravated about it the first time in high school uh, because I was trying to graduate with uh, my peers, mm-hmm. and uh, we found out after my second year in high school that uh, I was going to graduate high school in Germany, and so wow, uh, moved wow. out to Western Germany to finish out my junior and uh, senior year. So
0: nice, uh, but it and, was pretty cool though. Met a lot of yeah. different
1: people, a lot of different experiences. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't regret it one bit. It was an awesome, awesome experience for me.
0: Beautiful. And so, can you kind of tell us like? Uh, What your folks were like, what was it kind of like inside the the Harvey House in terms of how they raised you, what principles they wanted to instill in you?
1: Uh, Discipline. I think that probably the number one thing that (laughs) uh, I got from having two uh, military uh, parents is is discipline. And this reflected uh, not only uh, in my daily routine, but even in the work that I do uh, with, with the students and setting those high expectations. Uh, Yes, sir. For for the students and, uh, yeah, making sure that everything is done in a a timely manner and things like that. That's important to me.
0: Nice. And so talk to me a little bit about, like. What was it like for you growing up specifically as a black child right within uh, the military, moving around as a black child all across the country? Um, and then ultimately, what was it like, uh, you know, being a black child in the military in Germany? Right. Mm-hmm. I can imagine there were some pretty unique experiences.
1: So the military is uh, is pretty diverse. And mm-hmm. so I never had uh, the case where I was uh, underrepresented, if you will. Uh, in, in the classroom, at any point in time, uh, from elementary school, uh, even to high school, for the first two years out in Bakersfield, right. uh, and even in Germany, uh, I had a pretty diverse. Uh, or, I graduated with a class of only thirty-two people uh, wow. at an American high school uh, in Germany uh, mm-hmm. that was there for all the uh, the army brats, is what mm-hmm. were called. And so, yeah, I was uh, so it was pretty diverse. Uh they did a good job of of getting uh some of the best teachers and taking care of them uh, for students uh for teachers that work in the uh military education system and so mm-hmm. uh luckily looking back uh I was well prepared uh inside and outside the classroom uh to to be competitive for for college and scholarships and things like that so that so I was
0: lucky in that regard nice and so you know, your the background that you do have in engineering, was that something that you've always felt like you have? Was there something that maybe being in the military that kind of influenced your desire to be an engineer? Or where, where did those interests start to come from?
1: I fell into engineering. Uh, I thought I was going to do uh, math or business mm. because math was my strong suit, good with uh, mm-hmm. numbers uh, to this day. And mm. so I thought I was going to do something where... Uh, it wasn't as much science, but more so on the math side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I did chemistry undergrad, mm-hmm. uh, and so I still have my uh, my numbers and, and calculations. Uh, so that helped out big time. And then I did uh, engineering in grad school. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: and it was by chance when I realized that I didn't want to do chemistry uh, well, for a grad degree uh, that I started doing research where... I realized that not only did I like math and science, but I also like working with people. Right. I didn't want to have a a, a career where Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much relegated to a lab all day. Right. So uh, I did some research and I ran into industrial engineering, uh, particularly one of the the concentrations you can do is uh, human factors or ergonomics Mm -hmm. uh, and designing things with people in mind Uh, from a physical standpoint, from a cognitive standpoint. And so that piqued my interest. Uh, Luckily, I was able to to switch over, uh, and so I ended up doing industrial engineering um, for grad school. And that experience informs me to this day with working with current engineering students uh, Mm. and kind of share some experiences as far as the classes Mm -hmm. uh, that we take in the rigor that it requires the time and the effort uh, needed to complete that degree uh, successfully, undergrad or grad. And so uh, it, it was a good experience, man.
0: Okay, dope. And were you a part of like any particular clubs? Obviously, you did two years in Bakersfield for high school, two years mm-hmm. in Germany. Were you a part of any clubs during your time in high school or any extracurriculars? Did you, were you able to do, participate in things like that?
1: I've always been involved in uh, student government or, or student council. So I mm. remember <clears throat> being part of student council uh, in high school. I was senior class, vice president, president of the National Honor Society Mm-hmm. Uh, in high school when I was a regional uh, officer for an organization called Future Business Leaders of America. Okay. Uh, and so I was heavily involved uh, in high school here in California and also uh, in, in Germany before I graduated.
0: Nice. So when you're graduating Germany, talk to us about, you know, the decision making process on the university that um, you wanted to go to and ultimately where you landed for undergrad for undergrad mm-hmm. uh i was uh able
1: to to get a scholarship uh to get a full ride at an hbcu called langston university uh mm. in langston oklahoma so it's the westernmost uh hbcu uh mm-hmm. in, in the country i was right in the middle of oklahoma nice. at that time uh i i couldn't point to Oklahoma on the map, to be honest. <laughs> uh, didn't know where uh, it was, but it, it was a small school uh, that was going to pay for everything the, that I heard about. And it was connected, uh, in hindsight, uh, come to find out, uh, it was connected to my fraternity. It mm. uh, was the organization that helped raise the funds uh, in Germany
0: mm-hmm. to get
1: me to uh, o- Oklahoma. So, yeah, ended wow. up at, uh, at Langston. I thought I was going to Michigan State, case closed. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was going to have to take some loans out. And I think about two weeks before graduation, uh, Langston said, we'll cover everything. Come out and learn.
0: So, wow,
1: that's what I ended up uh, doing.
0: Yeah. No. And so obviously you said you were majoring in chemistry, but just kind of talk to us a little bit about your HBCU experience, like from the academic to the to the social, you know, all of the different realms that, you know, you can interact with within a, a university campus. What was it like for you and how did it influence you um, in the work that you do now coming out of an HBCU?
1: As I said earlier, a lot of my experiences is uh, with, with diverse uh, students. And we had to mix a little bit of everybody uh, in my schools growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was my first experience in a 90 percent black environment. Mm. Uh, and it was one of the best experiences uh, of my life. As you know, we're not a monolith. Mm-hmm. And so you you had uh, the, the the super nerds, uh, the more outgoing uh, people, the more introverted people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had people interested from, from debate to athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be in that environment and, and to be supported as you learn more about yourself uh, as a young adult. Mm. Uh, Get involved uh, with activities and clubs and have experiences uh, Mm -hmm. with other black people uh, in in an environment, uh, particularly an academic environment uh, where you can thrive and ask questions, especially for students that are studying the sciences, but all across the board to Mm -hmm. have that uh, environment uh, where you're comfortable with asking questions and and, and being yourself. and also kind of stepping out of your comfort zone
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: in an environment that's still comfortable, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a dope uh, experience. I'm very, very happy I had that experience uh, at yeah. HBCU. I'm uh, no, also yeah. happy uh, that I went to OU afterwards. And okay. there was a lot of valuable experiences uh, for me being in the, at a PWI uh, mm. just as it was being in the HBCU.
0: Okay, nice. And so... um. Talk to me a little bit about like that support factor and specifically if you had any mentors specifically throughout undergrad and even grad school, I would say, um, because obviously that's such an important key, especially for black students, right, is being able to connect with an elder even if that elder is only two or three years older like it can kind of manifest itself in different ways so talk to me about your experience with um mentorship throughout uh your time at the hbcu
1: uh i had mentors on on the faculty staff uh and within administration Mm. Uh, so i I was uh, in an environment where i knew the uh the president Mm. uh worked with the chair of the department was my faculty member was involved uh working in student affairs. And so worked with the Dean of Students mm-hmm. and all of them, uh, contributed big time to my growth. Uh, was my support? I, I think, uh, the biggest role uh, of my mentors looking back was to be able to tell me about myself when I needed to hear about myself. And right. so Sometimes you think everything is going well, or there's no other options depending on what the situation is. Uh, but I had those people and I still do have those people, uh, in, in my corner, that I can reach out to, uh, to vent, to talk about my experiences. Uh, mm-hmm. Because more times than that, I'm not the first and not the last person to go through it. And so mm-hmm. to be able to, uh, for other people older than me, to say they mm-hmm. can relate, they know what's going on, this is what you should do, this is what you should not do, mm-hmm. uh, played a big role, undergrad, grad, and, and also as a professional. You always need uh, somebody to have that role with you.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And so like from your position as a student, how did you, was seeking mentorship something that you were actively involved in? Or did it kind of happen where these people kind of just came to you at that, it seems like at that right moment in your life? Or like, what was your process for finding mentorship? Because I think a lot of students struggle um, with that, to be quite honest.
1: I agree. Um, And one thing that we're trying to do um, with what happened with me is that it has to be a part of the culture. Mm. Um, and so that wasn't me coming in and saying as a freshman, Hey, I need a mentor. Can you mm-hmm. be my mentor? Uh, mm-hmm. there were, it was part of the culture, uh, where upperclassmen with faculty would say, come here, uh, mm. do this. This is what you need, uh, to do. Mm. And so from faculty saying, Hey, you need to go present, uh, research at that conference. You know, that probably would have been my first thing to do, mm-hmm. uh, on a, on a Saturday in October, but it turned out to be one of the best experiences that uh, I was able to put on my resume. Right. Uh, I need people to say, get involved in this, uh, run for this, uh, fill out this application, uh, right. do not do this. And so it, it was a part of, uh, the culture. And it's something that I want to, uh, cultivate more within uh NSB. Mm-hmm. Uh, the students are currently working on a, a freshman mentoring program.
0: Uh, cause I want
1: to, again, set that culture, uh, mm-hmm. where you're coming in first year to say, Hey, I'm going to connect with you. Uh, and at least let you, let you know uh, for, from a baseline things you should know, things you should do, things you should not do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so you can get through this experience uh, as smoothly as possible and uh, get your engineering degree. So yeah. I think it, it, was, it, it was a culture that was set. Um, and I think that culture is, is big. So it doesn't yeah. have to be formal all the time with your formal mentor. Uh, mm-hmm. Things that we're doing with the freshman program, that helps. Um, but just establishing that culture that you're going to look out for each other. Yeah. Uh, and we all came in confused at, at, at one point and needed a uh, uh, hand and kind of a mm-hmm. point in the right direction. And so uh, you, you got to uh, pass that back. And that's a good lesson, not only for uh, students, but also mm-hmm. as you get into your community, you can't just think about yourself. You have to think about uh, others and mm-hmm. give back because other folks helped you out to get you where you're at. And so you make sure that you return a favor uh, and yeah. give back. So, so it's just a good uh, life lesson. Uh, and hopefully uh, there's a culture in place to help facilitate that.
0: Yeah, no doubt, Um, and I think we're going to touch on that a little bit more once we kind of get into your roles here at UCR, but I kind of still want to just kind of lead us into how you found yourself here. So now you're um, pursuing graduate school, um, Mm -hmm. and you kind of gave us a little bit of a breakdown of specifically what you study at the graduate school level. Mm -hmm. Um, Talk to us about where that kind of led you What 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 was your reasoning for wanting to go to graduate school? Um, And then where did that land you professionally after you completed it prior to coming to UCR? So, uh,
1: again, one of that um, the experience that I got from having a mentor was Mm -hmm. telling me from my freshman year, you need to be considering going to grad school. Mm. Uh, And so that was an expectation, uh, to be honest, Mm. uh, from from my first year. Uh, we started practicing the GRE my first uh, year. And, oh, wow. and so, uh, again, it was, it was that structure and that mentorship uh, that gave me the opportunity to, to take it uh, three times, starting my freshman year and improve the score year after year after year. What uh, was was doing that. So I knew I was going to grad school. Uh, mm-hmm. And so it was just a matter of keeping that GPA up and getting the experiences so that I could uh, get a fellowship, not only get into grad school, but get some money for it. Mm. Uh, and so I ended up doing industrial engineering uh, that worked out well, uh, did research uh, with uh, human factors and ergonomics. Uh, I started working with uh, student programs uh, mm-hmm. at the University of Oklahoma in their engineering college. They had a, a multicultural engineering program
0: okay. uh,
1: that I worked closely with and I helped uh, start their very first uh, summer bridge program. And oh, wow. I that was back in 2007 as a grad student. I helped coordinate that uh, with another grad school student and with the, uh, the engineering staff. Mm-hmm. And so when I uh, was doing that, that was an awesome experience. Um, after I got my master's, I decided to go work for a couple years as a safety engineer uh, mm-hmm. for Samsung out in uh, Austin. Uh, And even though things were going well, I was a safety engineer, so I was using the chemistry and the engineering background. And so that was working out perfectly. But I missed working with the students. Uh, Mm -hmm. I missed uh, the impact that I was able to make uh, with students and and thought that had I had uh, an opportunity to do that uh, for a living, something Mm -hmm. that I I, I was good at, that I was interested in, uh, would, would be icing on top of the cake, and so uh, after about two years in engineering, I decided to, to uh, make the jump and switch it up and, and uh, found a uh, position back at my alma mater, Langston, mm. working with students, kind of helping them get the same experiences that I got uh, as an uh, undergraduate there. Uh mm. ended up at Oklahoma State uh, working for their multicultural engineering program out in Stillwater, uh, bringing in uh, students from underrepresented populations, uh, mentoring them, uh, organizing programs for them like the Summer Bridge program and live and learning communities, uh, things like that. And so did that um, ooh, for coming up on 10 years between Langston and Oklahoma State uh, before I realized that I wanted a changing environment. I had been in Oklahoma for a long time right. uh, between work and school. Uh, my parents had uh, retired out uh, this way out in Apple Valley. And mm-hmm. so I thought it, it would be dope to, to change things up and make a uh, and look into positions in California. Okay. Uh, learned about Riverside, learned they had a, uh, an engineering college uh, that was in the uh, area mm-hmm. and applied. And uh, luckily, everything uh, worked out. So I was able to uh, officially move to California about four years ago.
0: OK, dope, dope. So. I'm I'm happy we were kind of able to kind of just paint that picture really quick. Right. Mm-hmm. So we can let students understand that uh, you have experience in in what you're advising them into. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from the the like the material knowledge, right, specifically the engineering and what it takes for that, we know mm-hmm we know there's a different way to engage with different types of students, particularly black students. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think we bring a lot of that context um, in with your story into kind of how you carry out your, your position. So um, really quickly talk to us about, uh, the, the Bourne's College of Engineering um, as a whole, right? Why should students and especially black students that are interested in engineering be considering uh, Bourne's College specifically?
1: Uh, it's a great learning environment. Uh, the first thing that came to mind uh, as you were asking that question was uh, research. And so mm. one thing uh, that I value looking at my experiences in uh, undergrad is that I was able to do research early. I was able to connect with a faculty member uh, and was able to get into a, a lab and, and to do internships after my first uh, year. Uh, and the wow. college does a particularly a, a good job. The Barnes College does a good job of connecting students uh, to research. My students come in and talk all the time about whose lab uh, they're working in nice. um, and, and the work that they're doing and how it has afforded them opportunities. Uh, that range from internships to full-time opportunities um, to admission to to grads to some competitive graduate programs in chemical and environmental engineering. And so Mm -hmm. that connection to faculty and to research that enhances that academic experience Mm -hmm. as early as possible Mm
0: -hmm.
1: uh, goes a long way. Uh, The NSBE students have been talking a lot lately uh, about getting more involved uh, in research and design team. So that's going to uh, get them working with uh, more faculty members uh, across the uh, different departments that we have yeah. uh, in the engineering college. And so yeah. uh, that opportunity to do that uh, is very valuable. And mm-hmm. a lot of engineering programs uh, don't necessarily afford that. Um, wow. You may have to wait until your junior year to get involved. Uh, once they feel that you've taken enough uh, courses to do it, um, mm-hmm. but there's there's no there's value to to getting that in person uh, active experience as opposed to reading uh, lectures and uh, and, re- and reading textbooks. So it, it goes a long way, uh, and that the opportunity to do that is valuable, and that's something that uh, I always say uh, our college does a good job with.
0: Yeah, and I think another really great thing to highlight that fits right into that context of research is resources right yeah. because <laughs> in order to do research you have to have the resources and in yeah. order to get those resources right you need to be interacting with professors and advisors that can put you in those rooms or put you in those labs or in those situations um where you're getting real real practical and applicable knowledge to go along with what you're learning in an, uh, in the lecture series exactly. right exactly um, and I think of our career center as well. Right. So being engaged in research and utilizing other resources on campus like our career center. Right. Mm-hmm. Really puts students in a super, super prime position to have, like you said, full time careers within their field, maybe right as they graduate, if not even sooner. Yep. Um, in in conjunction with all of that, talking about your experience, right, how you went from undergrad to uh, masters. Yeah. Talk to our, our potential engineering students about uh, the special opportunities we have to combine their bachelors and their masters. Um, because, you know, I yeah. when we talk about resources, right, and being yeah. able to take advantage of opportunities, I think that's absolutely huge.
1: Oh, absolutely. You're talking about the uh, accelerated track uh, BSMS program. So in yes, five sir. years, a uh, normal uh, bachelor's degree takes you about uh, four years to get, Uh, Mm -hmm. but we have an accelerated track uh, where you can get your bachelor's and your master's in five years. Mm -hmm. A master's normally takes uh, two years. So a normal uh, timetable is about six years for a bachelor's and master's. And we have a program where we cut off a year where you can get both uh, Mm -hmm. in five years. And so uh, after usually around after the third year, Uh, students start inquiring about that. Uh, They do have GPA requirements uh, that you have to meet uh, as far Mm -hmm. as your GPA and your technical GPA. But if you meet that, um, then we pretty much put you on the accelerated track uh, Mm -hmm. to essentially start taking some of the graduate courses uh, starting your fourth year. And so uh, that's how you're able to get it done uh, so soon. But yeah, you can't beat that uh, with a stick, especially if you are already doing uh, research and connected to faculty. Um, Again, a lot of our students uh, are involved with uh, research and working with faculty. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the opportunity to take advantage of that and continue your research and add on an extra year and and come out with another degree. uh, Mm -hmm. You can't beat
0: that. And talk to us um, about the logistics. Do is that masters coming? Is that fifth year? coming at an additional cost to students or is it going to? Yep. 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 So just want students to be clear, but walking away with your bachelor's and your master's degree in five years, right, while you're immersed in research and all of these career opportunities. I mean, there's really no uh, (laughs) there's really no better way to kind of set your path, set your career goal and your trajectory from there. I want to kind of focus in now a little bit more specifically about your role as an academic advisor okay. um, and specifically what it means to you to service um, our students. Um, and then after that, I'm going to ask you about um your academic advising technique and how it relates specifically to black students. But what, what are some of the things that you bring into um, your role and how you make sure you service students? I already know that discipline is one of your core principles, but Mm -hmm. how else do we make sure that students are nurtured throughout this experience? Right? Because it is academics, um, but a lot of times it's a lot more going on with the student um, when they're coming into the academic advising office in, in are in need. So can all you right. talk to us about some of your experiences and how you approach all of that? Um, first thing that you must do,
1: in my opinion, is make yourself uh, available. Mm. So we do uh, I do office hours every day. Uh, we call it drop in advising, but it's pretty much office hours where students can come in. Uh, and see me when I'm available and ask any questions. I kind of stagger mm. my availability between mornings and afternoons throughout the week, so regardless of your course schedule or your work schedule or what have you, you you should be able to find time to come see me. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty responsive on emails, and so they'll reach out to me. You can email me from your phone. This is what's going on, um, and, and try to get back to students. I usually dedicate a, a, a block of my mornings uh, just to fire off on uh, emails and uh, if i 'm not in meetings, anything should be able to check that throughout the day uh, mm-hmm. just in case students uh need me uh, but it's also equipping them uh to help themselves mm-hmm. uh and, and to be accountable and, and to access uh the, the information and so i'm going to help you and i 'm going to help you facilitate um, this process to get your your degree but i 'm not going to class for you i'm not studying mm-hmm. for you uh, i'm mm-hmm. not not doing any of those things and so uh, setting those expectations and, and making sure that they're aware of the resources uh, mm-hmm. that I want them to take advantage of uh, in order to keep those grades up and, and, and to build uh, that resume. Uh, right. That's important. So I think it's a combination of being there for them, but also uh, setting those high expectations. You know, I send mm-hmm. out a weekly uh, email uh, of, of, of news and announcements. Uh, I want I expect you to read it. Mm. Um, do not email me something. Uh, that's answered in an email that I sent to you yesterday. Right. Uh, and so taking advantage of uh, of the resources and the information that we're giving them is, is important, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also still being there, not only for, for the uh, standard questions, but mm-hmm. if something is going on, I, you know, uh, I don't need to know all your business. But if it's uh, impacting your academics, um, then then we need to talk about it uh, without me. Uh, being all in your business, but to make sure uh, we're doing what we need to do uh, in in order to make sure that you continue to be a student here and that you're putting your best foot forward or the best foot you can possibly put at that moment uh, Mm -hmm. forward uh, so that you can uh, keep those grades up uh, and that you are aware of all your options, given the situation that you have at any particular time uh, to continue your studies.
0: Right. No. Yeah, I think that's very critical. Um, and so when we think about, you know, that philosophy you have with advising your students, mm-hmm. um, how does it how does it how do you change your approach or maybe not change your approach? But how do you kind of adapt your approach to specifically black students? Right. Um, because we know all students face struggles, but black students, you know, they face unique struggles due to whatever circumstance, Um how, how does your approach change when you're servicing our black students that come across your office?
1: Uh, I don't know if it changes, but mm-hmm. the Nesby students know that I'm available yes, and, and I'm their, they're their advocate.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and so uh, while I advocate for them, like if I hear something is uh, going on that doesn't sound right, Mm-hmm. uh know that that I'm going to ad- address it with uh whoever it needs to be addressed with
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: while at the same time that includes them if they're doing things uh that's not in, in, in their best interest or impacting them mm-hmm. uh academically or, or otherwise uh that I'm going to tell them about themselves um at the same time that that that's important uh, but always being that 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 resource uh that person to follow up uh with person to, to, to check in with, uh, just to know what's, what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, what's working, what's not working, um, uh, what adjustments I had to make, uh, for any given reason in, in, in the class or with work mm-hmm. or, uh, with Nesby. uh, that's important too. And so I think it's just, uh, to have that advising opportunity to be, uh, available for them, um, mm-hmm. You know it might be talking finances and scholarships, and not necessarily their academic plan to get their degree
0: sure.
1: uh, that that goes a long way too and able to say you know I don't know uh, that answer, but I know who can give you that answer over in financial right. aid uh or, or over in the dean's office or or what have you so I think right. just continuing that that having that presence uh is incredibly important uh mm-hmm. especially given that uh uh, they're underrepresented, uh, yeah. not only uh, in, in, in the college, but at the university uh, mm-hmm. overall. You know, there are a lot of us uh, on campus, but at the same time, there's not a lot of us on campus when you mm-hmm. look at the uh, percentages, if that makes sense. And yeah. so uh, you want to make sure you have that uh, presence and that support and to be able to talk about your experiences. Uh, I think that goes a long way uh, with, with, mm-hmm. with be, being in college. And so, um, yeah, you got you to keep that in mind.
0: Yeah. And and I think that's also a great segue. So when we talk about, you know, making sure that we're focused on representation, especially Mm -hmm. when it comes to the student population, it's all about intentionality, right? Right. Um, And I know the Barnes College um, is pretty determined about that intentionality. Can you talk about some of the things that they're doing on a structural level at the college um, to... Uh, address that concern that we have about black student representation at the college? So the
1: students in the spring, uh, did an outstanding job of reaching out to the administration, mm. uh, not only at the, uh, the, the NSB students, but also collectively with other black students, uh, at the university mm. were talking with administrators about, uh, their experiences, uh, things that were going well, especially with the university being closed, uh, but also mm-hmm. given the, uh, the social climate, uh, talking about their experiences uh, in the college, inside the classroom, outside the classroom, mm-hmm. um, things like, like that. And so even though we have things that are, that are working, um, there were things that we didn't know about that we want to pay attention to. And so uh, in response, the, the college uh, has been paying closer attention to what, 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 what is going on, asking what is needed. Uh, mm-hmm. The college recently established an endowment fund Uh, for the students that's raised about over uh, $30,000 that that made the students the first student group uh, at UCR to establish an endowment fund as a student org. Wow. Um, And so the college helped facilitate uh, that undertaking, and that's big. Um, And that will help support uh, some of the professional development initiatives that we'll be doing uh, with the students uh, and kind of help support them along the way. Um, And also giving me the flexibility uh, since I've been working with them for the past uh, two years and we've been seeing progress uh, Mm -hmm. to to, uh, make adjustments so I can support them more. And So uh, my supervisors have been uh, awesome. My co-workers have been awesome in uh, student affairs uh, to give me the flexibility and the support uh, so that I can do more work uh, with the students. Um, Mm -hmm. And because uh, the college does want to increase the number of black students in the college, Um, we we want to uh, increase the academic performance and the the retention. Uh, Their GPAs uh, for for the chapter and their retention rate is not uh, bad at all, but it can Mm -hmm. always be uh, better. And so we want to just continue to improve. One of the terms we use in engineering is continuous improvement. Uh, and so looking at uh, other opportunities to take it to the next uh, level. And so yeah. that's what the college is supporting right now. And that's big. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for students that do come to UCR, right, um, we obviously touched on it a little bit at the beginning, Nesby mm-hmm. being um such a a, a a powerful student organization um, across the country. Um, but why is it important for black students to get involved in these types of organizations? Maybe it's not NSBE um, everywhere, right? But right. why is it important for black students to find um, communities within the field of engineering that, can ad- that they can use to amplify their um, advocacy for themselves and, and for their peers? Uh,
1: the answer was in the question, uh, mm-hmm. establishing a community is important. Uh, mm-hmm. being connected with, uh, your peers that have similar interests, mm-hmm. uh, similar work ethic, similar grind, uh, is important a- a- and it goes a long uh, way. And so whether it is Nesby or ASP, even along your major connecting with the uh, professional organization, um, uh, your discipline so you're connected mm. with other students establishing that community goes a long way and as we said earlier you're not the only one uh there's not as many of us on, on campus right. right you know all the percentages regardless of what you're looking at as far as black students you're kind of looking at uh below uh 10 below 5 percent in some cases as far mm-hmm. as the population and so um there is a high chance that in many of your classes you may be the only black student Right, and so how do you navigate uh those spaces uh but also have an avenue uh to, to vent and to connect with uh to share mm-hmm. experiences and that can that's not only just uh your peers or older students that's alumni yeah. uh, that can come in and talk about their experiences uh, when they were here uh, and what they did uh, mm-hmm. with that and and that goes a long way uh mm-hmm. with, with, with current students so establishing that community is uh, key because you're not the first you you're not the last to have some of the experiences and thoughts uh, that you're going to have uh, going through college. And so instead yeah. of recreating uh, the wheel, if you will, to be able to get some sound advice on how to navigate it and also just mm-hmm. a space to just relax, you know, and not yeah. just talk about your major and your career and your mm-hmm. discipline and your resume all the time, but just to connect with other people that look like you and have some of the same uh Things that you all
0: enjoy—from
1: mm-hmm. from music to movies to to, to hanging out—that uh, right. goes a long way too, and uh, some of the best memories that you'll have in college all, mm. all, all, all together. You know, of course, we rightfully focus on academics. That's why you're here, uh, mm-hmm. but but there's a there's an experience that you have uh, in, in, in college, and some of your best times are in the classroom. Some of your best laughs. Uh, some of your best memories may not necessarily be in a lecture hall or uh, a, a lab. It's, it's right. with hanging out with your friends and traveling and representing the the university mm-hmm. at conferences and other uh, events in the state and, and and across the country. Those experiences are important, and uh, they mainly happen by being a part uh, of a community bigger than you.
0: Yeah, and you know, and I'm glad that you kind of just expanded on that because. Like you said, percentage wise, right? The numbers are what they are. Mm -hmm. Um. But when we kind of move past, right, numbers only kind of tell partially, uh, a partial part of the story. So yeah. when we move past those numbers, right, there is community here mm-hmm. um, and it's engaged and it's connected from mm-hmm. ASP to Nesby to the Black Faculty and Staff Association, right? Mm-hmm. We have a lot of these um, organizations um, and coalitions around campus to further connect uh, the black community here on right. campus, right? And hopefully um, this is what this platform uh, can do. In terms of helping people get connected and engaged because right. it is all about tapping into resources, right? And even as an engineering student, some of your best resources might come outside of the school yep. um, of engineering, and that's applicable for any student in any college in any major, right? right? So where can we get tapped in? Where can we find these folks? I think that's so critical yep. um, to make sure that students are aware of and they have access to that um, at a university like UCR. So, you know, we're coming up on the end. I just want to ask you this final question, and it's just kind of keeping in that spirit of optimism, right, mm-hmm. that our people have um, to look forward for future generations. So um, when you kind of look at the landscape now, um, what is one of the things that you're most excited for when it comes to future generations of black scholars coming through UCR?
1: Um, they're vocal. Uh, they speak up. Mm. Uh, And I think that's going to get uh, the current group a long way. As I mentioned earlier, they did an outstanding job, in my uh, opinion, in my experience as a former student leader, uh, Mm. with engaging with the uh, faculty and with the administration as far as their uh, experiences and and what needs to happen and speaking out about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is more than half the battle, if you ask uh, me. A closed mouth doesn't get fed. Yes, sir. To be able to, to address that head on uh, mm-hmm. and to, to own their college experience uh, more and more and speak to that, I think uh, it will help transform a, a lot around here uh, and what I do as an advisor and how I do it uh, as an advisor. I think mm-hmm. uh, it, it has a lot of ramifications uh, uh, for the college and, and for the university. Uh, overall, So that's the best thing that I'm hopeful for and that I hope uh, prospective students and uh, high school students uh, keep in mind as they matriculate in. of course, we're going to do uh, our job to make sure that you are uh, connected and that mm-hmm. you know, know what's going on and you have that uh, community. But uh, mm-hmm. it's also incumbent upon you to speak up um, yes. about your experiences and what's going on and what's not going on and what could be uh, better. Uh, to help enhance uh, that experience because uh, that that's what it's all about. And that is a right. skill, uh, a skill that would take you a long way uh, as you go into the workforce and you're dealing with other people from different backgrounds and experiences, mm-hmm. uh, some more limited uh, than others, and how mm-hmm. you begin to navigate uh, those spaces. Right. And, and not being uh, scary, if you will, uh, but being able to address that head on Uh goes a long way and it's something that uh money can't buy if you ask me.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Thank you um so much for that. So um Desmond, I'm super happy to have you on the show. Um
1: appreciate that man. We're,
0: we're happy super to be here. happy. Yeah, no doubt. We're super happy to amplify your voice on blue, gold, and black um and you know hopefully we can have you on in the future because i think there's a lot more we can do to kind of continue this conversation especially when we look at um black student representation within engineering right we can get deeper into exactly what that means and what we're trying to do to um increase that representation so um thank you for being here we really appreciate your time
1: thank you for having me and thank you for this platform
0: Yes, sir. No doubt. All right, y'all. We'll catch you on the next episode of Blue, Gold and Black. Catch y'all later. Thank you for joining us on Blue, Gold, and Black. This program is produced by the Community Engagement and Outreach Unit of Undergraduate Admissions at the University of California, Riverside. Learn more about attending UCR by visiting admissions.ucr.edu. And be sure to check out the description for other useful links and resources. Help support this podcast by liking, subscribing, and sharing. And be sure to check out our podcast videos on YouTube. Catch you guys later.